Hello and welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, naturopathic nutritional therapist and hormone enthusiast. If you want to learn how to rebalance your female hormones, regulate your menstrual cycle and reclaim your vitality, then you are in the right place. Each week I will be delving into different conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, infertility, hypothyroidism, acne and hair loss. Stay tuned for interviews with expert guests, Q&As and solo episodes that are all intended to help you move from hormonal chaos to hormonal harmony. If you'd like to submit a question for me to answer on the podcast, then you can email them to hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Today on the podcast, we're talking all about EMF, so electromagnetic fields or electromagnetic frequencies, 5G, and also geopathic stress, which you may have never heard about before. I certainly haven't, but it's a very interesting subject. And to talk about that, I'm joined by Leonard Stafford. And I was actually referred to him by Oliver Barnett, who you may have heard me interview a few weeks ago now. I was asking him for experts in the field to talk about these types of subjects and he recommended Leonard. So I had to have him on and Leonard holds an honours degree in physiology. And after teaching at a medical school in Saudi Arabia, he returned to the UK to pursue a career in business. And then prior to his retirement in 2014, he became very interested in EMFs and whether they were detrimental to our health or not. His investigation showed that they were in fact harmful to health and that there was a cover-up of the truth on a massive scale. Thinking about the situation, he decided that the best course of action was to try and help people mitigate the negative effects of EMFs. Leonard then trained in Austria to become a geobiologist and now carries out EMF and geopathic surveys across the UK. His aim is to help people reduce the impact of EMFs by shielding the sleeping area and using a MEMON technology, which is a device to reduce the impact of EMFs during the day. His clients generally find that shielding and or the use of MEMON improves their quality of sleep, raises their energy levels and increases the feeling of well-being. And who doesn't want to experience that and who doesn't need more of that? So in this episode, we discuss again EMFs, how they can affect our health and how they can particularly exacerbate things like mitochondrial dysfunction, even mold toxicity and heavy metals, how to reduce our exposure with certain shielding devices, how your location can affect your health, geopathic stress, the dangers of 5G which is launching all around the world and what Leonard believes this will lead to on a bigger scale. And with this whole episode our goal is to empower you, not fill you with fear or dread. We'll definitely be talking more about these subjects in future episodes because more people need to be aware of this. I don't think there's enough information out there. And it's one example of invisible stressors that could be affecting our hormonal health. Okay, so let's get into the interview with Leonard Stafford. So Leonard, why don't you start off by telling us a bit about who you are, what you do, and how you got interested in the world of EMS and geopathic stress. Okay, um, well, it started out about five or six years ago, um, I got interested specifically in EMFs and whether or not mobile phones caused cancer, because there was some debate on that and some reporting said it did and some other reports said it didn't. So when I investigated it, I found that it definitely did and there were sort of massive cover-up. So that sort of got me interested and I started looking more deeply into it um, and then I thought, well, what can I do about this? And it seemed to me the only thing I could do really was to help people try and mitigate the effects of EMF. So 
I retired, which was five years ago, I studied EMS first in the UK and then in Austria, um, and then started doing surveys and shielding um, houses and helping people to reduce the effect, reduce the impacts on their lives. So um, yeah, what was going on with the the cover-ups? What do you mean by that? Were they just oh, not published in the studies, or yeah, they're not publishing them, but the, the, all sorts of things. Studies were were skewed. Where universities got results which showed um, negative effects of mobile phones, funding was withdrawn. Um, all sorts of things. There's been books written about this. It's absolutely terrible. Um, so yeah, loads of stuff. And what conclusion did you come to? Just looking, it, at, I, uh, looking at both sides, what are your thoughts? Do you do you think that they are linked to cancer? And if so, well, no, any particular yeah. type? Oh, no doubt. Well, EMFs not only linked to cancer, they're linked to a whole host of what Sam Milham calls the modern diseases of civilization. So cancers, Alzheimer's, diabetes, heart disease, all of these things, even depression, there's a link with um, EMFs and the mechanisms whereby EMFs cause or help on these diseases is well documented in um, through research. And with some of these mobile phones, is it just the EMFs that we should be concerned about or are there other things with some of these newer smartphones that are problematic or is the EMF the main concern? From my, well, from my perspective, what I deal with is EMFs, the um, fields from them. I think with the smartphones, there are all, all sorts of other issues with um, addiction and children. Um, just thinking, just looking at their phones the whole time and, and things like that, not interacting. Um, but the thing that I deal with is just the EMF side yeah. of it. So at a very basic introductory level, what exactly is EMF? We're going to be mentioning that term um, throughout the podcast. So I want people to know exactly what it is and why is it a concern to human health? Okay, so EMF stands for electromagnetic field and basically there are two types well there are more but two main types of emf so you've got high frequency which travels through the air and that comes from mobile phones mobile phone towers microwaves baby monitors and so on um, and then there's low frequency which is ems from the wiring and the electrical wiring so that's from pylons substations and then um, wiring in your house now there have been a lot of research on both both types to show that they are associated with well the, the diseases that I mentioned previously um, so for example low frequency it was shown back in about 1979 that children who lived in a with a field of four milligauss which is a, a measure of magnetic field four milligauss or more had twice the chance of getting leukemia as children who didn't so that that was the start that's where all this started from there's many other studies to illustrate mm -hmm. um, the sort of the impact of ems yeah and is it understood like exactly how they affect us on a cellular level is it because we are just moving atoms and energy and do they know well, well yes um dr martin paul has um, done a lot of research on this and it's something called voltage-gated calcium channels. So 
EMFs do is they open these channels and that means calcium floods into the cell and then that causes all sorts of um, things ha to happen within the cell and that's why you've got so many cases of autism, early onset Alzheimer's and so on because it affects the neural cells, the nerve cells um, particularly and then if you take cells and subject them to EMFs they produce heat shock proteins. So what that means is the cells themselves are telling us, if you like, that they're being subjected to um, and something that's damaging to them because they produce heat shock proteins in the presence of um, poisons and antibiotics and things like that. Mm -hmm. Do you think everyone is negatively affected or are displaying symptoms of EMF sensitivity or would you say there's a particular subset maybe the sensitive individuals with some of those conditions who are most at risk? I think that it probably is affecting everyone and I think that people have different ability to um, cope with it just based on their genetics or whatever um, because I mean there's some people who are you know massively affected and I've been to people who in their sheds for example because they can't cope with the EMFs in, in the home um, so there's great variability but what you must realize is that this is it can be a cumulative effect so it, it can you can be using a mobile phone and, and be fine with it and then all of a sudden um, you can have a you know it can have an effect on you um, and you become electrosensitive yeah. and also the other thing to remember is that there's a 20 to 40 year latency period for cancers to appear following radiation exposure. So this is a sort of awful thing really, if you think about that with children using these mobile phones, um, we don't know what we're storing up for ourselves in the future. Exactly, and the changes that have been made in the last few decades with technology alone and smartphones and Apple and all of these like Alexa devices, um there's a whole nother controversy with whether they're stealing our data and listening into us as well into our conversations and things but that's a whole nother well that's um, right no whole yes, nother I, subjects i think that's been demonstrated that that is happening but yes yeah. yes absolutely that is another crazy other stuff. issue and yes. i've heard before that emf is a natural thing sunlight um is a natural form of emf i don't know if that's true but what's the difference between electromagnetic fields from things like sunlight if that's a factor or even microwaves we sometimes hear that although they're absolutely fine or they're harmful to our health how does um, the big difference the big difference is that man-made emfs are pulsing so um <clears throat> so in the wiring it's this is at 50 cycles a second 50 hertz um, but with the high frequency, you, you're in the gigahertz range, with, uh, millions of, it pulses millions of times a second, and it's the pulsing that does the damage. Um, so whereas natural EMFs are, you see, just flow in one direction. Okay, so it's just um, um, magnified levels. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, the, the, yeah, the amount of EMFs that we're exposed to now is a quintillion times bigger than what we evolved with and a quintillion is one um, with 18 zeros after it so oh, it's oh just God. amazing yeah I can't even begin to 
think no. of how big that is. <laughs> no, you can't. No, that's right. No. My tiny mind can't even comprehend <laughs> that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and what would be your top tips for reducing EMF exposure? So I, we can't completely avoid them in the modern world because if you and your host try to limit it, probably your next door neighbor has Wi-Fi on all day, all night. And when you go out in shopping centers and things, there's just no avoiding it. But what are some of your tips for reducing exposure? The main one would be to reduce, or, or as far as possible, use of mobile phone, and certainly never hold it close to your head. Um, and if you can, switch it off, because when it's on, it's always um, looking for the base station. So switch it off as much as possible, or put it on aeroplane mode. Um, so that's number one. Number two would be never to take mobile phone into your bedroom, never have it on at night. Um, you want to sleep, the ideal is to sleep shielded. So if you turn off your router at night, if you've got a depth phone, which is one of these handheld ones um, with a base station that you walk around with, um, either get a gigaset one, which you can switch off, or get a, um, an old fashioned corded phone, because these deck phones are emitting 24 hours a day, emitting all the time. Um, to go further, you could hardwire a router and then switch off um, switch off the Wi-Fi function. Personally, I would recommend not using a microwave microwave oven. Baby monitors are awful, I, um, and on my website, you, there is one that you can get that doesn't um, emit radiation, but on the whole, they they emit a a lot of radiation and, and that's criminal really mm -hmm. um so that's what you can do internally and then if you, to go on from that if people aren't sleeping or got brain fog or whatever they may want to consider shielding the bedroom and that's what i do when i do a survey and then look at how to do that and there are various ways of doing that so one you can just put a, a canopy over the bed um, and then that shields you from the EMFs while you're asleep because it's the main thing seems to be to sleep shielded and then you can recover um, overnight um, and your body recovers and rejuvenates. Yeah, because that's the time where we should be healing and the, some people say if you're going to get an air filter, have that in the bedroom because that's where you spend um, a big portion of your day or in your office really focusing on those areas because yeah. you don't want to be exposed to some of these things when your body's trying to heal and repair. And um, what about smart meters? So across the oh. UK, I know that they're trying to get them in every single household. Luckily, um, I haven't got one installed yet, but they're really trying to push this. The benefits, I'm not sure what they're um, doing that for. Is it to save, trying to monitor electricity output a bit more? But I've heard that they're really harmful to health because of the high emf output is that something that uh, you're concerned about well that, that you're absolutely right they are they are harmful to health because they put out a field across the sort of neighborhood because they sort of talk to each other um so my advice on those would be to absolutely avoid that if you can if you can't and again you can shield there are certain ways of shielding um shielding them mm -hmm. uh, but yeah try and avoid uh, at all costs really 
Mm-hmm. But as you say, if your neighbours have got them, um, that's when you start to look at shielding your bedroom because you, you know, that's the only way um, probably to stop stop the EMFs coming through. Yeah, and I've heard before with some of the shielding products or like the magnets that you can get for your phone or the tents around your bed, some of them when you try to shield them, it actually makes the EMF um output stronger in some ways so it kind of like reflects it or it causes your phone to produce more emf to try and get a signal is that correct yeah okay um when you shield if you put a canopy over the bed then rules are never take your mobile phone into the canopy never take any your computer in there It, it becomes a sanctuary the same with your bedroom if you shield your bedroom it's the same thing don't take your mobile phone in there because if you do, you're absolutely right. It can bounce around a little bit. Signals can bounce around. You have to be careful when you're shielding. So I've gone to houses where people have just shielded one wall. That can make it worse because then signals can come in through the window and bounce back. So you have to take into account a number of things. And that's why I really do the survey and tend to shield bedroom, the walls, ceiling and the floor. That's what I tend to do. Yeah. Um, so creating a Faraday cage and then having lining curtain linings um, to stop the EMF coming through the curtains. Depends any... a little bit. Sorry. Yeah. I just it depends a little bit on the levels of radiation that you're getting. But certainly in London or in, in towns generally, you need to shield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine it's like ten times worse in cities. Um, so that's a positive for me. <laughs> I'm not living somewhere like that. <laughs> What about crystals? So in like the natural medicine world, people use crystals on their desk whilst they're working to try and block EMS. So they have crystals on the the back of the smartphone case. Is that just a waste of time? Yeah. I wouldn't say that. Um, in my experience, I haven't, I haven't necessarily come across crystals that would, would work. I think, I think they probably do help. But I think the problem is that EMFs are getting so much more prevalent now that whether or not, I mean, I would never recommend a client just getting a crystal. Um, if, if a client's got one, they're fine, but I would never recommend it as a means to alleviate EMF. Um, but it may, may help. I don't know. Yeah. And for chronically I mean, sick people, um, they have a lot of issues with, infections whether that's viral infections or lime or heavy metals and these types of things and i tend to see that they are quite ems sensitive um is there any connection with some of these things like mold heavy metals do emfs in some way make them worse or oh, absolutely yeah no doubt mold grows i think it's 600 times more in the presence of emfs than when they're not there um and EMF, if you've got heavy metals in your body, EMFs sort of um, activate them. So they're, they, and I think help them get through the blood pain barrier. So there are, yeah, there is a sort of association. So with people who are chronically sick like that, um, the ideal in my view is to shield the bedroom so that they're good sleep shielded, but then you know, cl- do other things like that you do like clearing heavy metals mm-hmm. and whatever. and to get rid of mold and so on yeah it's quite a lot of work and people are so fixated on things like their diet and taking supplements but they fail to address 
some huge factors like the EMFs. So that's why part of partly why I wanted to record this episode. And I think the information is getting out there a little bit more, but I think more people need to be aware of the negative effects. For some people, smartphones and the internet is like the best thing ever to be created. But people, people like you, and um, I'm starting to be aware that maybe it's not the best thing. And having for me an online business, I'm like, oh, it's like kind of good because I can work from home and work with people across the world. But then I'm constantly concerned about the EMF exposure, so I try to do everything else that I can to offset that a little bit. But I know that there's a limit to that. Yeah, well, there are yes, there are things that you can do. So, like hardwiring your computer, you're having head the headset, which is with an air tube headset. You've probably got that, and things like that mm-hmm. you can do to mitigate those sort of things. Yeah, and I'm avoiding yeah. the AirPods. You know, the wireless yeah. headphones. Yes. Um, I'm guessing that's a similar. Yes, that's right. Way that's that just, they work. Yeah, that's just putting the EMF straight into your ear. Yeah. Ooh. Straight. inches from your brain yes. not good yes, yes. No. <laughs> what no, about right. what about 5g so i don't know right. okay um if it's been released in the uk so maybe you can update me on like what the whole process is with 5g um again people are claiming it's going to be amazing it'll speed up internet um times and all of that but there's a lot of people who are really seriously concerned and there's protests and summits all about 5g so why don't you tell us a bit about what it is okay. and why this is like probably one step too far. <laughs> so 5G is possibly the sort of worst thing that um, that's happening to humanity um, because it's going, the frequencies they're going to use are going way up. So there's, at the moment it only uses up to six or 10 gigahertz, but I think they're going to release the 28 gigahertz bands and then they're looking at 60, 90. Now, when you bear in mind that at 95 gigahertz, the Americans have a weapon, which is called the active denial weapon, that they can, if they've got a crowd of people, it's it's to disperse a crowd, they will direct this weapon on the ringleader and then doesn't see anything, but it feels like his skin's on fire. So it has to move out of the way. So that's 90 gigahertz. That is what they're talking about using 5G. Obviously at lesser power density, but it's absolutely, absolutely crazy. In the last 10 years, the insect population has diminished by 80%. I mean, that's without 5G. Um, Your effects on birds, I mean, the house sparrow, which used to be everywhere, is now on the red list, it's endangered. I mean, th- these sort of things are incredible. Um, rates of autism, in 1972, one or two children were autistic, were born autistic. Now, the level is one in 80. It was one or two per 10,000, sorry, one in two okay. per 10,000. Now it's one in 80. It's doubling every year. Um, it was it, it reported in the papers a while ago, that anyone born after 1960 has, or one in two people born after 1960 can expect to get cancer in their lifetimes. Mm -hmm. So all of these things, there's no, getting slightly off off the track here, but there's no hope for the NHS to cope with all of these sort of things. No wonder that it's got problems. But 5G is just going to make all of this worse because 
they're launching, well, as you know, they're launching satellites into space. They've already launched quite a lot. And then when they come live, um, it's going to be awful. Well, it went live in Switzerland and they had a lot of people protesting because of illnesses. They got tinnitus and other illnesses that happened. It went live in Gateshead and children there got nosebleeds um, and other things. Um, there was a chap called Mark Steele who sort of exposed all of this. And the council took him to court and tried to imprison him. Luckily, they it, it, it didn't. Um, he was just telling the truth. And lampposts, um, some of the lampposts are 5G enabled already, so that it's all ready to sort of roll out. Now, the thing is with 5G, the higher frequency wavelengths, they don't travel so well through buildings and through trees and things like that. So they have to have a lot more antennas, which is why they're putting them on lampposts and, and everywhere like that. And, they, and I think the power is turned up. So you get a, a whole, it's a whole new um, wave of exposure, which will be harmful, there's no doubt about that. Now, I have a view of this, um, which is my own personal view, that it could actually be a good thing. Now, this sounds very counterintuitive, but I think what, what could happen is that things will get so bad, mankind will go to the sort of edge of the cliff, as it were, and then people will suddenly say, hold on, I don't want to live like this. When enough people say that, could start getting a change in the world. It's like if enough people said, don't want to have any children starving in the world, we, humanity, could change that overnight. It's a capability, but there's not the will there. So if 5G becomes the thing that changes that, and say, oh, well, we want to change the way we live, then it ironically could be a good thing. So I'm, I'm optimistic. And there was um, a summit, the 5G crisis summit host, hosted by Josh Del Sol, where he had um, a load of really qualified speakers about 5G. And it was surprising how many of them also had a positive outlook for this sort of reason. Yeah, that's a good so, perception on things. At least to try and make us feel a bit calmer about the whole thing. But is there anything oh, that, yeah? Absolutely. I think it's very important to feel not to feel worried about it because that puts you into fear, and then that just makes the thing worse. I mean, what's going to happen will happen. But if you're calm and and get you, your own sort of strength and do something about it, that's the point. You can do something about it. I mean. We could change 5G if everyone stopped using their mobile phone. I know they won't. If everyone stopped using their mobile phone, 5G wouldn't happen because it's that mobile phones are what's funding it. So we have the power, actually. People don't realise that. So, um, yeah, I think, yes, I, I think don't be afraid. You know, don't be afraid of it. Yeah. Um, the stress combined with the stress combined with EMF will not be a good combination. <laughs> no, so no, let's at least no. try to control one of those but, things. Yes, feel empowered. Do something about it. I mean, like having a survey, like shielding, like turning off your route at night. Do do things. Are there any that, petitions or anything that that are online to try and stop it in the UK, or is it all oh, ready to go ahead? Oh, oh right, okay. There, yeah, no, there definitely are petitions. And then on the twenty fifth of January, there's global protest day 5g global protest day um 
and a chap called Arthur Furstenberg has launched a global appeal to stop 5G, which is and is on my website actually. If people wanted okay. to um, to go and sign that, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'll link to all of those things or anything that you mentioned as well in the show notes for people to refer back to as well. But for okay. you, you personally, do you think? with these chronic lifestyle driven diseases these days, like you've mentioned, um, diabetes and cancers and Alzheimer's, how much of that do you think is due to EMFs and some of these other things that we've been talking about or diet and life, diet and exercise and? I think that it's probably everything, but I think that EMFs play a very significant role. I mean, obviously diet, your lifestyle will help um but yeah i think i think emf's just a very very important in it do you have any like success stories of removing someone from an emf um a high emf environment or helping them shield and they've improved any certain symptoms yeah yeah yes yes i mean i've had quite a few i'm just trying to think of a good one to tell you but this one this is slightly different but there's one thing that i do when i do a survey and i recommend shield the bedroom i also recommend sometimes not all the time but sometimes putting in a device called a memon and what a memon does is it will counteract geopathic stress i know we're going to talk about that later on but also it helps counterbalance the Damaging effects of EMFs uh, um, within the home. Now, one of my clients, I, I put one of those in. They're going to shield the bedroom, but they hadn't yet. And he wrote to me um, and told me the effects that it had on his wife. So, can I just read that out? Yeah, absolutely. So, he said, so in the past 10 days, so this is 10 days after putting it in, Sue says I'm sleeping better. She is sleeping better and deeper. Sue no longer feels like she has a major hangover every morning, sometimes quite lively in the mornings compared to before. And in the past few days, there have been no headache on waking up. Only once has her eye drooped, and that was in the local boots in town. So her eye was sort of drooping a bit, but that stopped. She has had the odd headache, but no debilitating ones like previously. Sue seems to have more energy, looks a better colour. She has not felt the strange sensation in the shower or by the bathroom sink these days. No longer apprehensive about going upstairs to the bathroom, having a shower, or going to the desk. Um, everything seems to have, to have a feeling of being better in the house. The cold, edgy atmosphere seems to be changing. Looks like things are improving quite drastically at the moment. Hopefully, it will continue. Amazing. So that was, yeah. So that's from the memon, and then they're, they're probably going to shield the bedroom later on. But so that's one, and then often the most common effect that I have when I shield the bedroom is that people sleep better they say oh my you know my sleep's improved and even when you when you put up a canopy and if you stand outside the canopy just very quiet and then go in and lay down could feel it feels peaceful it feels different and that's same in a shielded bedroom so um, yeah yeah so what exactly is the memon is it something that people can just buy online or do you need to be trained to use something like that um, I think you, you can buy it online, but it's something that you just literally plug in. You plug into the wall and it piggybacks on the electrical 
circuit and the inventor found a way of um, using quartz crystals which have a vibration and they sort of fusing them I think with silicon and they give out a vibration that is 180 degrees out of phase with the damaging aspect of um, an EMF so it, it sort of counterbalances by sort of noise like noise reduction headphones it counterbalances the damaging aspect of EMF um, so the whole th beauty of everyone is it it's creating a natural environment it's not putting anything into the into the environment just creating trying to get it back to nature so there are devices that put sort of frequencies into into the room and i'm not a fan of those because i think what they're doing is just masking the emf so that you're the emf still there well in my with the memon is still there but the damaging aspect has been you know taken away okay. so um and there's a there's books written about memon i mean there's a book called the memon revolution which goes through it uh, very very powerful and how much approximately can this range from like what prices right so for a flat 770 odd pounds and then for a house 1300 or something and then bigger houses more mm -hmm. and would so, this be something that you'd need to change every year or so or uh, is it once you bought it it's it good? lasts well so far they've lasted for 20 years it just there's not no moving parts in it i think it just keeps going ad infinitum sort of thing would you rather someone so, have the mem on or like a, a shield or canopy around the bed which would you say would be the <laughs> i know the ideal is probably know. both but uh, yeah yeah absolutely very difficult if i think it would depend on the circumstance so if someone usually i would probably do the shielding first and then say get the mem on later so that they're sleeping shielded there may be times when i've had a couple of clients who have wanted to do the mem on first and so they've done it and then they're going to shield later on um yeah i think i would go for the shielding as the mm -hmm. first sort of priority yeah i know that was a difficult question for you but it's like oh, choosing yeah. your favorite child <laughs> I, I don't, i've asked that i don't have one <laughs> So now let's talk a bit about geopathic stress. What okay. exactly is that? What do you mean by that? Okay, so geopathic stress is um, is where there's an excess of earth energy, if you like. So where you've got a water vein, um, you've got different minerals in the water that sort of go together and the water's under pressure and then that releases a very low amount of ions from and, and that, that rises up through the atmosphere. Now, farmers in Australia, I think, still douse for water. And in this country, we used to douse for water. Um, and it's been, dowsing is ancient. You know, I think the Egyptians used to douse. Um, so it's something that we tend to think of as abnormal, but it's not, not really. So what um, a chap called Baron von Pohl found in um, 1930 in Bavaria was that it was a town called Bilsbyberg where there were a lot of people who had cancer. He went to the town and said he'd predict where the people who had cancer were living and, and he went and doused, marked on a map where all the water veins in the town were. 
then the map was given to the chief medical officer and the medical officer marked on there where houses were where people had died of cancer. And if someone, if the house was half over a water vein and half not, then they, they went and checked which half of the house was over the water vein. And what they found, everyone who died of cancer had been sleeping over a water vein. So this, is in, this was in 1930. Now, since then, um, the, this, the experiment was repeated um, in, other, uh, in another town. And in, in Germany and in Austria, the, the oncologists are very much more aware of this. And one indeed said cancer is a disease of place. Um, I sleeping over this. so when I when I do a survey and if I, I douse I douse for water veins around the bed and then I douse for what's called Hartman lines and Curry lines and these are magnetic lines that span the globe because the earth is has a molten iron core spinning on its axis creates these magnetic lines that were discovered in the 60s where they cross that can be a hot spot and again cancer can develop in a hot spot. So it doesn't mean to say if you're sleeping over water vein you will get cancer, but it means if you're going to get cancer, it, it tends to develop over a, a place of geopathic stress. So what I like to do is to, and um, if I find geopathic stress, is to suggest ways to get rid of it. I think that's that's quite important. Mm. Um, and Memon that we mentioned is possibly the best. There are one or two others, but Memon's the, the main one that I use now. Okay, so it does multiple different things. Um, so it's like a two-in-one, yeah, yeah. the EMFs and the geopathic well, stress. It's harm, yeah, it, 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 things that are harmful um, EMFs, harmful frequencies, it sort of neutralises. Um, yeah, so that's so it works against 5G. It wasn't developed for 5G, mm. but it works for 5G because that's a harmful frequency. So it's putting it back to nature yeah and if people are developing cancer in higher amounts depending on where they live why would the earth be developed that way like probably ten thousand years ago would it have still been the same people uh, who uh, lived in certain uh, areas okay okay well i think what's happened uh, i think a number of things first of all going way back people wouldn't have slept in the same place you tended to travel around so modern day gypsies they travel around um so they're not sleeping for one long period of time over geopathic stress i also think that people were far more aware of this so that there's farmers used to put sheep in a field and see where they went to sleep and then they would either build the house there or not build it there i can't remember which way around it was but um so we were a lot more aware of it and even there's a house in big house in Ireland a sort of um, mansion type thing built in the 1800s I think and there's a geopathic stress line going straight towards it and then it disappears when it gets to the house it, it disappears and I think that going way back people knew how to deal with the geopathic stress um, and how to mitigate it now we, we don't think about it we're building so that's one point but the other point is our immune systems are all shot now because of the EMF that we're subjected to. So I think we're a lot more um, sensitive to these things. So whereas in the past, it might be that sleeping on a apartment line crossing wouldn't cause a problem. Now, because our immune systems are not functioning as they should, it, it tends to cause a problem yeah. or it can do. And I'd never heard of this before until 
learning about your work so I doubt that other people have heard about this as well and I've correlated certain locations with lesser health uh, more health problems but that would be more like um, economical and what they have access to or like vitamin d exposure but not anything like this is this something that people can visually see so like the water lines would it just mean like you live near a lake or something or Uh, no no Uh, no, because I mean, the, the, the water bay, every tree, or pretty much every tree, has its roots will go to a water vein because it's transpiring water all the time. Right. So they're quite common. Um, but no, you can't see it. I, the only way I, something called a scintillation counter, which will measure it, but I think they're very expensive and I, I haven't got one. So I, I just, I douse for it. Um, on my website, there's a, a video a youtube video with a chap called brendan murphy who is a dowser in ireland and he talks about geopathic stress it's it, it's worth watching if someone's interested in geopathic stress definitely worth watching that mm-hmm. so it's not just something like when you go to buy a house there's certain things to avoid or certain things to look for you can't really do that no, no i i would oh but, but again i wouldn't worry because if you've got your, it's so easy to resolve, hmm. you know, so if you're buying a house, the big thing to find out or look out for is magnetic fields. If there are magnetic fields from power lines or underground cables or something like that, you can't shield against those. So then if it was me, I wouldn't buy the house. But if, if there's, if there's geopathic stress, you put a memo in and you resolve it. Okay. And have you got any examples of, changing right around the bedroom or someone even moving house in an extreme case where the health has improved i've had yeah I, there, there was one lady that i did the survey for and when i surveyed it she said there was cancer in the house but i didn't know who had you know any anymore so uh, anyway i found that there was a crossing over on her bed where she slept and when she saw that, she said, oh, my goodness me, that's exactly where I've got cancer. Um, and so we shielded her room and put and resolved the geopathic stress. Um, and as far as I know, she's doing quite well. Amazing. So, yeah, it's yeah. crazy to think. And do you know she'd done yeah. any other things? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. she was doing, yeah, yeah, she's doing other okay. So, you, I, yeah, I can't just say it was that, but, but yeah. I think that was an important aspect because we shielded for EMFs as well. So we did geopathic mm-hmm. stress and EMFs. Yeah. And what about grounding and earthing? So again, this is more of like an old school naturopathic recommendation. It's becoming more common to do and hear about again. Does this come into EMFs or uh, geopathic think, stress in any way? Right. So earthing, I think standing on the feet, on the earth with bare feet is that yeah is that what yeah. yeah so i think that is very very useful um there's a chap called jack cruz who's an american neurosurgeon who is very big into this and he's big into natural sunlight and being out in the sun at sunrise and then being exposed to the sun during the day and he advocates well and stand on the earth in your bare feet um for a while period of five ten minutes or whatever at sunrise and i i would go along with that i mean i think that's absolutely 
Yeah, so yes, earthing like that. Now grounding mats I'm not a fan of. So these are or grounding sheets that you put on the bed and then connect to the electrical earth. The reason I'm not a fan of those is because um, EMFs will, if they're coming from underneath, they'll hit the grounding sheet and go to earth. So that's fine. But if they're coming from the walls, they'll come through you to the grounding sheet. So they could long term, in my view, they can be not helpful. So I don't recommend those grounding sheets, but earthing, absolutely, yeah. yeah. That's good to know. And I'm actually interviewing someone tomorrow on circadian rhythm. And he talks about um, um, light and dark. And he's a founder of a blue blocking glasses company. Um, I don't know if you've heard of blue blocks in Australia. No, no. What? What's his name? Andy Mant. I don't know him. No, but blue blocking glasses. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, does, I, I wanted to find a supplier in the UK. but um, they, ship, they ship worldwide. Yeah, okay, and they're, they're okay. the only brand that have been um, like scientifically studied and they're made in an optics lab, whereas other ones are just made in a factory. So they are a little bit pricey. Mine were like £60 or something. For, and there's some on Amazon for like £10 that you can get, but they really, yeah, yeah, really, yeah. really work. The, the oh, first yeah, no. week, I was like, my sleep, I just felt like I was um, really? in a coma. Yeah, my sleep was that good. Right, okay. So yeah. are you going to... Yeah, oh, I'll, send you the, yes. I'll send you the link to the website <laughs> and also Thank the interview yeah. when that goes live as well. Because yeah. okay. um, we're going to be talking about how it, in, it connects to hormonal health. I think it would have been um, aired before your episode, but I'll send you the link as well, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, I'm totally a fan of that. And that's exactly what Jack Cruz is very mm -hmm. big into. So I think that, that's another part of where you shield the bedroom. And then, well, I've had, I've had two clients of mine have healed themselves from electro hypersensitivity by well one of them canopy over the bed but also following the, this jack cruise thing where the, mm -hmm. you know the light and they've got blue blocker glasses and all of that and, and the other one similar yeah so really yeah does work. yes yes absolutely and then yes, just totally to finish up with a few questions about you personally so what is something that you do every day to support your health so obviously your i'm guessing your house is like um, it's magnet, shielded. yeah, shielded everywhere and um, all of that. But is there anything else that you do um, every day? I think yes. I, I think probably I, I sort of, every morning I sort of meditate for fifteen twenty minutes, and I think that's probably quite important. Yeah. And is so, there? A, do you have like an app, or do you just sit there and do it on your own? Oh no! That's a silly question. <laughs> <laughs> do it the old-fashioned way yes yes <laughs> i sadly yes. use an app but i'll try right, okay I'll try and avoid oh, that from well, now. <laughs> i don't know yeah, um, yeah the second no. question is what's one product that you can't live without so i'm guessing the memon and um a shield but is there anything else it could be health related non-health related oh well funnily and yes i, I glasses so i've got pinhole i use pinhole glasses um if you, do you know those have you come across those i'll show you i'm intrigued so there you go so oh. now with those they've got so they've got pinholes in so i i can read those on so because if you put glasses on your eyes tend to weaken so i've heard well, well i've experienced it so with those it, it tends to strengthen the eyes so uh, so yeah, there's another podcast for you, maybe. Yeah. Not from me, but from <laughs> Pinhole Glasses. Interesting. Um, Never so, heard of that one either. 
Right, okay. And you've given us some, a few resources um, as we've gone along in the episode, but is there one entry-level book or resource that you'd want to recommend uh, yeah. on the subject of EMFs to share with yes. the listeners? Yes, there's two. I've got two books. Yep. Um, so this one, you can see that if you want to, the tinfoil guide to EMFs. Yep. Yeah, I've heard of that so one before. Th that is a very, very good book um, and your background to EMFs mm -hmm. and it's quite readable. Now the very best book that you could ever get on EMFs is that The Invisible Rainbow okay. at Arthur Furstenberg. That's quite expensive um, and it costs about 25 quid just to get it delivered. Mm. But it, he goes through the whole background of electricity in that and you wouldn't believe it. I mean, there's so much in there that I learned and I've been studying this stuff for years. Um, that is absolutely brilliant, brilliant book if someone's interested um, to learn the background to it. Yeah. So, my dad's yeah. into um, elect um, electronics and he has an electrical wholesale business. So I might gift it to oh. him and then secretly read it myself. Well, absolutely. <laughs> yes, absolutely worthwhile. Yes. Brilliant. You, you'll love it. You'll love it. Great. And yeah. last question is, Leonard, where can people find more about you online? How can they get in touch if they're interested in one of the surveys? And also if they live internationally, are there any other people that you recommend maybe in the US or... Um, resources okay. online that you, they can search on yeah okay so if you want to get hold of me uh, my website is www.youremfguide.com that's all one word so that's me and i do surveys in the uk and and internationally um there's someone called brian hoyer in the states now he trained with geovital like i did and then he's gone on and done his own thing a bit like I have so I'm very you know aligned to him so in in the states I'd recommend him mm -hmm. um elsewhere I don't really know um I mean I, I I'm going to Denmark soon probably to do some surveys there and this of mine in France may want me to go over to do a survey there so but I can't really recommend that's fine. I'm sure they can they can find something on Google at, and yeah. yeah, research yeah. the person, see where they've trained, what yeah. it is that they do, um, and it may be pretty similar. So yeah, I just want to thank you so much for your time today. And I've learned Welcome. a lot personally. Um, and yeah, it's something in my mind that I want to pay more attention to. I know it's a little bit difficult in the modern world, but I'm going to do my best. And I hope this information doesn't scare people off. I know that we wanted to make it an empowering episode educational and just make people more aware so i think we've managed to do that so thank you so much for your okay. time leonard okay you're very welcome that's fine thank you thank you for listening to another episode of the hormones in harmony podcast if you like this episode please leave me a rating and review as this helps to spread the word to other women dealing with hormone imbalances as a massive thank you gift i'll send you a free guide six steps to hormonal harmony all you need to do is screenshot your rating and review then email it to me at hormonesinharmony at gmail.com and I'll send you the link to download this free guide. If you haven't already, check out my website vivanaturalhealth.co.uk and Instagram page at vivanaturalhealth for tons more free content and inspiration. You can also schedule a free 30-minute hormone troubleshooting call to find out the next steps to take in order to overcome your symptoms naturally. See you back here next week for another episode.